Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mark, uh, just returning from a lengthy vacation, gone for about a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Down to Florida. It was, you know, it was, it, the weather was great down there. Um, I heard it was 80 degrees yesterday. It, it did get warm while I was there. <laughs> it's, you know, I, it's wow. nice. It's nice not having to shovel out your driveway. Uh, uh, fortunately, I had somebody who, uh, you know, took a pick out and uh, picked out my driveway here so that I was able to, to just drive right in when I they got here. A pick? A pick. How does that, how does that work? That sounds like a real slow process. It was quite slow. Um, they, you know, <laughs> if they would have moved it, say the day that it snowed, perhaps you know that wouldn't have been such a big deal. But it was frozen in place, and it was just a big, <laughs> a big block sheet of, of ice. ice. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so wow. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the the trip was was fun. I have kind of sort of one uh, TSA story, which is All right, go what ahead. I like to share. I had a lighter in my pocket from lighting the wood stove at my house and it's the it's one of the things that are outlawed by law from bringing on an airplane um you know most of them are just little tsa rules you can't have water we get terrorists carry water at least more than three ounces of water in a container sure and uh so i i put this lighter just in my you know i figured they're going to take it but i just put it in a little tray and sent it through and i guess it slipped down into my shoe Mm mm-hmm and uh, so we had the diaper bag. And when you travel with baby, you have to travel with everything. They put the, yeah. they put the laws in place where you have to have a, a child seat for the baby. So you have to actually carry the child seat. Otherwise, you won't be able to transport the child from the airport. Because it's illegal. It would be illegal, right. I yeah. mean, how are you going to transport the child from an airport? Right. I suppose you'd be uh, exempt if you took a school bus, but that would be about the only uh, thing that's exempt, government So, So there. driving in a taxi, you have to have a damn child seat. Basically. That's my you understanding. You just hold the thing in your lap or anything like right. that. Right. I mean, right. you know, uh, obviously child seats are great if there's an accident or near accident or something like that. However, it's a real pain to tote around one of these things. I bet. Otherwise. And I, I'm sure my wife would have required us to bring it anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, you've got everything when carrying a baby. So the, the, the TSA one wanted to go through the diaper bag and look at all the goop and the, the liquids and stuff. And, you know, as the guy's going through, my little tray comes down. I see the lighter in it. I grabbed the lighter. I stuck it in my pocket. He continued to go through the uh, the goop and, uh, you know, liquids and all that other stuff. So here's the one of the few things that are outlawed by law from mm-hmm. carrying on an airplane that you could rig some kind of butane bomb up with. And he's worried about, you know, it's his job, but there they are going through the formula and all that other stuff. They've got to do tests (laughs) on it, make sure this is real formula and it's not... They really did a test on the baby formula? Yeah, they do tests on it. That's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea about that. There you go. Now you know. So you got away with the lighter? Is that what you're I got, saying? I got away with the lighter. The, you know, here it is, outlawed <laughs> by law. They, they miss it. And the the baby formula, they, fine. Did they throw that out or the baby formula was okay? The baby formula was fine. Everything okay. was fine. They they let me have everything. It wasn't bad. Right. You know, it wasn't a bad experience. It was kind of a funny, yeah. sad, ironic experience right. uh, you, for, you, for the TSA. <laughs> Generally, most uh, experiences with them are. Uh, they, you know, they have nice, shiny new badges now. They, they've gone from the... Right, we were talking about that. Yeah. Real uni- badges. New uniforms, too. They're blue. Uh, yeah. I think they were blue before, but no, they, they were seemed, white. seemed different. They're oh, white. They yeah. were all They're white. They're white shirts. Yeah. So is it dark blue or is it light blue? It's more of a... Uh, I, I'd, I'd say you're... It's something brighter than navy. Okay. Um, it's, it's, but not like... Uh, not periwinkle. Uh, no, no, it's, no, it doesn't look like they should be in the Bahamas. I actually made a comment to one of the TSA guys about that, and he said, yeah, he says, it's a lot easier. I don't have to... 
change or wash my shirts as often because the white ones, I guess, showed everything, mm-hmm. all the dirt. So they can uh, probably save a little money in laundry with the darker colors. Well, that's nice for them, I suppose. But kind of an interesting observation that they have gone to a darker shade of uniform. We talked about how uh, essentially police forces across the country, some of them are the ones that are more militarized are going from blue to black uh, simply because that's just more mean. Uh, it's got a uh, it's got a connotation in people's minds yeah. that is more serious and sinister, and that's what these guys want. They want you to be frightened of them. They don't want you to think you're there to help. Well, they want you to be frightened. Fear and respect are uh, things that are somewhat interchangeable when it comes to being an authority. That and you'll you look in the in the Bible. They often talk about people that fear God, and. You know, that's what we're told now is that really means that you love and respect God. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I think that uh, the, many of the bureaucrats will take fear over anything else, you know, over uh, many of the uh, negative sort of uh, emotions people might have. Well, whatever happened to protect and serve? It's long gone. Well, they are protecting and serving the state. Well. That's true. One could argue they've always been doing that. But then again, uh, th- there was a day when police officers were a lot more friendly and helpful than they are today. From They're still protecting and serving the state. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're just better at it now. 1-800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. We are live tonight, as we always are and have been and will be even on Christmas Eve. So uh, stick with us here uh, six nights a week, and we'll take your calls about anything. You dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. Of course, uh, as always, lots to talk about Uh Yes, Mark. I got a, I've got an email if you're... Uh, go right ahead. Though. Oh, okay. by the way, you meant New Year's Eve, right? New Year's Eve. Yes, Did you, I not say you that? You said I'm Christmas sorry. Eve. Christmas Eve, yes. Yeah. We were live on Christmas Eve, and we will be live on New Year's Eve. This one's uh, from Tomer, who just loves to get his emails in on us. So, uh, you know, but this one's really good. He says, I'm writing this email... The guy uh, from Israel? Yeah, Tomer Israeli. Um, I'm writing this email privately, but I don't mind if something you'd uh, share with your audience or anyone else. Throughout the years, I had different arguments on behalf of the South and against the North in the American Civil War. For example, Southerners, um, he's heard these, he's not had them, excuse me. Southerners saw that as their right to secede and whether they owned slaves or didn't and whether they supported slavery or not, they believed it's the right of the state to, of their state to secede. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. I'd say it's within the powers. I prefer not to use the term right with the state. Here's the problem. The conflict between the two sides was slavery. As the United States was torn, Lincoln fought to reunite it, whether the South Well, that's not really not. true. What do you mean? That's not really what the conflict was. It was maybe one element of the conflict, but the other element was taxation. Yeah, there, there was uh, certainly a, a large... Not, there th- wasn't more. Yeah, there, 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 there were some problems with taxation, absolutely. I'd say that... It was unfair. They, was, they were heavily levied against the South as compared to the North. Four states in their letters of secession um, to the, um, the Union basically said that slavery was either the reason or mentioned it in there. Okay. So uh, it's, one cannot say that it wasn't involved. And but to, he just made it sound like that was the only reason. No, he, he's, he's in Israel. I mean, and, right. and people aren't taught that part. You know, taxes aren't a good reason to, to, to secede. Sure. Taxes aren't I'm, a good reason to do anything bad. Citizen. Just making sure we're clear. Pay your, pay your taxes. So he says, yes, the United States was torn and Lincoln fought to reunite it whether the South wanted it or not, but it was torn in the first place because Lincoln wouldn't make peace with slavery. The, the South was uh, not fighting against a ban on tomatoes. They were fighting against a ban on enslavement. A freedom-loving people would be in conflict here. Well, yeah, now, maybe, wait a minute. It's not my understanding that the South was fighting against a ban on slavery. Wasn't, 
Wasn't it the case that Lincoln basically said, you can have slavery as long as you're in our club? Um, he did. I believe that was done after they had seceded, that he gave them the option of staying, um, but you know the returning and that there was, was no ban prior to this there, there had not secession. been but they were you know the fact was it, the world was moving towards that the world okay. had moved and the united states south was one of the uh, you know one of the last sort of western places that hadn't if you call that's west well um the south may have believed it um fought for freedom the north believed it was fighting for freedom as well and I, I, you know, I agree with these these statements. I, I think that maybe maybe secession was about slavery, but I can tell you the war um, wasn't you know wasn't fought um, as far as uh, slavery went. The, the war was about you know unification, and that's why Lincoln did it. That's why um, you know the South fought against it because Lincoln did it to keep the country unified. He didn't want to be this. The, the the sad guy who uh, the statesman who lost like if you think of a uh, Douglas isn't that um, the guy from the South uh, you know I mean he seems like a real failed president doesn't he he's the who? one who lost Douglas I don't know yeah I don't really know either um, but he's he's the one who lost so Lincoln didn't want to be that guy that lost he wanted to be the one who preserved the Union. And you get to hear a lot as far as this war goes, and I think that there's, uh, you know, there's there's certainly good arguments on either side of it. But to pick one side or the other, I don't think there's I don't think there's a hero in the South. Is there a question in this email? Yeah, he's got a question um, on the back. Uh, All right, he's got one more question. We'll get to that here and take your calls about what you want. The toll-free number is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That number brought to you by SACL CAI eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the show. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com, those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Uh, all there for you at freetalklive.com. That again, freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. Uh, in, in these tough economic times, you might have some accounts receivables sitting out there that you could turn over to SACL, and they could turn it into some dollars for you. It's SACL, C-A-I. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Mark, uh, you were sharing an email, that we're going to get to the phone calls here. So Tomer is writing about the Civil War, and he's got a few misconceptions, but go ahead. Right. Well, so he also asks, what, about, what do you think about John Wilkes Booth's actions? The, the, original, the guy that killed yes, Lincoln. Lincoln? Their original plan was to kidnap Lincoln and only release him in exchange for Confederate troops. They had decided to cause constitutional chaos by the triple murders of the president, vice president, and secretary of state all in one night. The war was officially over, but they believed that the South could still win. Their mission, of course, failed since two of the three intended targets survived. What would you say? Would was you there, s- were there even attempts on their lives? I, I mean, I never heard about that. I, I, I hadn't either. Um, this is this is news to me. I, I, you know, hmm. I'll, I'll take his word for it. Okay. Sounds sounds like it uh, is plausible. But either way, it's still a hypothetical. And um, you know, whether it's true, whether whether that part is true or not, it's still hypothetical. Would you say that the kidnapping plan and the three murder attempts attempts were legitimate acts of war? 
So they were in the war at that time. No, the war was uh, officially over. It was officially over. Yes, they had signed. Robert E. Lee had uh, signed the. Uh, I don't know, you know much about war F- and 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 the rules and the international legislation that applies to wars. I don't know about that, so I can't really comment. Uh, on that question, but I will say that it, while I don't advocate violence, it's hard for me to shed a tear about a dead tyrant. Oh, I, um, I, I kind of legitimate does cer- cer- certainly mean come from the term like legal, mm-hmm. and I agree with that. However, I would say that um, you know it, it's just another gang, right? Two gangs were fighting. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, you you've got a small gang that's on the one side of the one gang, and it wants to do something to go after the other gang. I don't see any problem with it. As far as I'm concerned, anybody who worked for the United States government at that point was uh, you know a target of anybody who was sort of on the side, whether officially or just emotionally, of the South. I don't see it as a, a Ill, illegitimate at all. I, I would I would guess, and I'd like to have Wayne's thoughts, but I would guess that by the rules it's illegitimate oh, because sure. they went after the uh, the country's head. Yeah, oh yeah, you're not allowed to go after the, the chief of the gang. Right. You're only allowed to go after the, the, the members soldiers. that have been drafted in there and paid pittance and uh, sit out in the cold. And it sounded like there was a rogue gang of, of Southerners who didn't accept the surrender and wanted to continue the war in, in more non-conventional ways. Mm-hmm. And I guess they got rid of Lincoln, but they didn't get rid of Andrew Johnson or the Secretary of State, and the whole Reconstruction thing went on without them, without Lincoln, rather. There you have it. 1-800-259-9231. Anything else from that email, Mark? Nope, that's let's it. Go to the, to know uh, what we thought about it. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Gary in Ohio. Gary, you are on Free Talk Live. And... and um Glad to be here, gentlemen. Well, I, hi, I feel as if I know you. I've listened to you so much. <laughs> That's what radio does. Uh, What's on your mind? Because well, we don't know well, you, uh, so go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, I'm a libertarian of uh, over 30 years of activism with a uh, uh, paper trail to, to prove it. Great. Uh, re- real quickly, gentlemen, uh, the Secretary of War, uh, William Seward, was one of the targets of the uh, Lincoln Assassins. Hmm. Uh, James Atzelrod was one of the conspirators, uh, as were the Surratt brothers. Mary Surratt, who was the mother of the two Surratt brothers, also hanged uh, in the conspiracy because uh, in their zeal to, you know, to bring the conspiracy uh, conspirators to trial, uh, Mary Surratt was the landlord of, the, of the cons- where the conspirators met, so they figured she must have been part of it, too. She was the first woman, woman hung by the federal government, and uh, you had to have a ticket to get in. It was a very, very uh, popular uh, spectator sport oh, at the time execution. Now they also so, uh, they also put the, the doctor conspiracy is well documented. They put the so you talk about Dr. Samuel Mudd. Yeah, the, Dr. Mudd uh, was down, yeah, I know Dr. in prison in Florida for quite some time. Yeah, over but it. he also cured a, uh, a a major epidemic while he was down there and was given a full presidential pardon. And recently, when the question of presidential pardons come up, as it does every time a president's getting ready to get out, yeah. Uh, this is the example of a very, very good presidential pardon, and that is in the case of Samuel Mudd. Regardless of Samuel Mudd knew about John Wilkes Booth, basically he was duty-bound as a physician to set his leg. And, uh, I mean, it would be like uh, somebody coming around uh, saying that, uh, I don't know, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald gets shot, and a doctor is there and performs CPR or something. And they say, well, he's a conspirator. Well, yeah. no, he's not. He's a doctor, and he's doing what Wow, a that's crazy. He may very well have been a conspirator. However, uh, you know, the in setting his leg, he did not conspire. You know, that, no, that wasn't that was part not, of it. that wasn't part of the conspiracy. But you've got to remember the zeal 
that uh, Seward and the rest of the victorious human uh, Union Army had in the in the days following. I mean, they were ready to hang anybody. Yeah. But one of the one of the ironic things is is that when Johnson took over the presidency, he did not file treason charges against Jefferson Davis or William Jacobs, the genius who secretary of uh, the Confederate Treasury, who basically kept the Treasury afloat long after it should have collapsed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, none of none of the generals, for example. And a few years later, even lets the uh, the, the uh, Confederate equivalent of the VFW keep their battle flags. Well, so, uh, yeah, so it, that was part of the healing process. But in the days immediately following the assassination, it was uh, basically martial law. Yeah. So, but that was just just a historical aside there. Uh, listening to a, a, a podcast from last week, uh, the gentleman was talking about the mischievous, uh, I guess, hijinks concerning the Ohio's anti-smoking law. I'm not sure. You Can you refresh? That gentleman what, what was that about? The gentleman said that he was he was um, calling, uh, I guess, this 1-800 Oh, yeah. Line. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a caller uh, who was who essentially was making prank calls to the snitch line. They have a, a snitch line there, a toll-free snitch <laughs> yeah, line in yeah. Ohio, and was basically just harassing the uh, the phone operators there. Well, you know, Ian and Mark and, and, and Wayne, I, I think that uh, the Ohio smoking law is, is a very good example of the law of unintended consequences. Well, give me, tell, me were, tell me why. Go ahead. Well, when they were selling this to the voters, first off, how how can a, a bunch of voters vote away the rights of another bunch of voters? Obviously not. I'll uh, say, for example, half of Ohio decides that uh, I don't know, thinking some other year, black people shouldn't be able to vote. Right, something awful. Okay, so we so the majority says that you know votes to disenfranchise blacks. Well, we would all know that that is not constitutional. Uh, smoking in Ohio is still legal in Ohio, and it's also the fourth largest sum of revenue for the Ohio state government. You mean taxes they, on cigarettes? Yes which they spend foolishly, just like states spend all of their money foolishly. Right. Uh, Ohio's no, no uh, different in that regard. However, uh, they said that this law would pay for itself through fines. Well, it's been <laughs> an expensive disaster. I bet. I want you to tell me more. Hang on. I'm going to bring you back. 800-259-9231. More on the Ohio smoking ban with Gary and your calls as well about what you want. Uh, Plus, we'll go across the pond, and Wayne's going to tell us about some new tickets that they're going to be issuing out over there. This is kind of interesting. We'll get to that in your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. 
Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. And while you're uh, surfing around, you should check out Bureaucrash's Podcrash, where your host, Zach Fix, provides an interesting, principled look at the issues. Listen in as they discuss activism, market alternatives, government services, and cultural issues with liberty-minded thinkers, musicians, entrepreneurs, and activists. Part entertaining, part informative, always pro-freedom at Bureaucrash.com. That's Bureaucrash.com as we go back to the phones and back to Gary in Ohio. Gary, you're back on Free Talk Live. You just begun to tell us about your Ohio smoking ban, and uh, I wanted to make sure you had a chance to fill out your thoughts. So please continue. Well, uh, basically, it's it's this. It was sold to voters uh, in an off-year election as a health initiative, I guess. You know that should uh, employees have to uh, you know endure and you know uh, have to you know suffer from secondhand smoke. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. In- well, this includes places like cigar bars, right? You know, places that you know going in what, right. what it's like. And, right, and, and basic- I support every employee's right to take the chain off of their leg and leave work and never come back anytime they wish. I agree, and mm-hmm. and, and, and saying nothing about property rights. You know, if if a guy wants to open a cigar bar and says this is a cigar bar with a one hundred thousand dollar walk-in humidor. Uh, You know, he should be able to do that, but not in Ohio, not legally. But nevertheless, uh, right after this happened, and as everybody knows, Ohio is a state in transition right now. Uh, We've lost a a number of our (laughs) smokestack industries, Uh. and and, uh, not necessarily the strongest state uh, economically right now. And so it wasn't the best time to launch uh, uh, an aggressive initiative like this was the smoking prohibition and what the immediate effect was was bars started closing hmm. and because what's more natural than drinking a beer and having a cigarette right and when you could no longer do that people just quit going to bars now so i can drink my this, beer at home and smoke yeah. and so immediately this threw a number of people out of work uh the uh state was able to get the support during the campaign to uh, to pass this initiative from the nonprofits by saying, well, you won't be included, the BFWs, the uh, private clubs, and so on and so forth. <laughs> nice. But after the vote was taken, our corrupt uh, secretary of, uh, excuse me, our corrupt attorney general, who has since resigned in, in scandal, uh, said, no, we had our fingers crossed. Sorry about your luck. You're in on the smoking ban. I love the privilege of the state. It's so wonderful. You could just say whatever the hell you want, advertise whatever you want, and then uh, do what you want, and no consequences can befall you for it. Whereas if a business was to make a promise like that? That's exactly what happened, Ian. So then the the nonprofit started squealing. Well, to make a long story short, uh, people are now in open defiance of it. Oh, now, in order good, really? to issue a citation, they act, the health department actually has to catch you in the act. And so what are the chances of me lighting a cigarette, say, in a, in a bar in downtown Dayton, and you calling, you not liking it and calling the health department and me being there mm-hmm. when you got there? Pretty, uh, pretty the slim. First- the, yeah, they could are, run a sting operation. Most of these, uh, yeah, th- there's that. Most of these uh, smoking bans in the, uh, you know, around the nation are not written so poorly as this one, because the idea of catching someone in the act very difficult. Yeah, uh, but the point is this: is that uh, people are now in open defiance of it, pretty much the way they were in open defiance of, of the prohibition of alcohol back in the 20s. Well, and 30s. good. 
I think we need more open defiance of everything that controls people's behavior. I like, uh, for instance, what the Santas did earlier uh, th- this month, uh, covering up the uh, the cameras, people smoking out in public, people smoking in their bars. I think that we need more open defiance, and I think that's a gr- I think that's great news. So, what do you think is going to happen as a result? Are they going to just well, the, stop enforcing? The legislature is trying to get out out from under it now, but they're restricted what they can do because this was passed by popular uh, was pop passed by a, a you know a it was an initiative and, and so yeah and so now they're trying to find loopholes and ways out of it because a they're catching so much flack b the expense of it compared they they told us originally that it would pay for itself through fines well it's been what just <laughs> one costly you know uh one costly endeavor after the next yeah furthermore i was just reading a, an article in the toledo blade i guess uh one bunch up there is mad at another bunch who is in open defiance, and so subsequently uh, the health inspectors are running all around Lucas County, all around suburban Toledo, basically to catch, uh, you know, basically intervening in what is basically a personality dispute between a bunch of guys in a VFW. And so it's been, from a taxpayer standpoint, it's just been, it's just been a disaster. The state's. I'd like to, to draw a parallel here, if I could. Now, if two gangs were at war with each other, they would be doing drive-bys and and uh, you know flashing gang symbols and shooting each other on the street corners. However, when old people get their their gangs together, they they use the gang of the government. So they exactly. they you know they're they're using the police to go you know do their dirty work, and then the basically they're picking up one weapon. There's one weapon, and it is the government and they each take turns harming the other with it yep they well, retaliate. i think we do have two gangs here in ohio fight each other they're called democrats and republicans and but they only have one, one weapon well they're not political parties they're criminal cabals I, I invite you to read the uh recent indictment of our attorney general the top cop of ohio who was forced to resign because of his annex uh, here, what, what's he going to say? He didn't know the law. He's the attorney general. Uh, <laughs> and at least the Bloods and the Crips, when they come after you, they don't pretend to be anything except yeah. guys out for, you know, uh, loosely organized guys out for Right. A common crim- the the uh, common gangster that you're talking about, a, a Blood or a Crip or some other gang member like that, uh, doesn't, doesn't deign himself as to be your protector. He doesn't claim mm-hmm. to be out to help you by robbing you. He just lets you know how it's going to be. You'll either hand over the money or else, and well, you, don't ex- you can't expect anything back from him for it. He's not doing well, you not any favors. That, Ian, but every four years, they don't call us unpatriotic if we don't validate their, their thievery through a popular mandate. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point, and I thank you for the call tonight. Good hearing Pleasure from you. Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. I'd like to make a point about this uh, smoking in bars thing. It, often you'll hear the uh, the advocates of uh, doing away with smoking in bars saying, you know, it's not going to affect in the long term business for bars. Um, you know, sure, sure, some bits, you know, even if you tell them that some bars are non-smoking, like I know Applebee's at one time was non-smoking um, here in Keene, New Hampshire, before they had the uh, the ban. Voluntarily. Right. Voluntarily. And you know, even at some point, the playing field will level out, and it's you know the drinkers are still going to go drink. Don't worry about but it. But as he pointed out, some some went out of business. They do, and this is this is where the people aren't looking at the truth. The fact is, some people will say, you know, I'm just going to put a bar at the house. I'm going to you know have, have my friends over or mm-hmm. whatever, a few friends of mine, and we're going to you know put a big screen TV in the the, the little bar section. We're going to pay drink for there, itself, and we're going to smoke. It'll and, pay for itself real quick. You know, maybe I'll charge them ten bucks to get in. They could do that. Yeah. yeah.
1-800-259-9231. We continue with Brent in Colorado. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brent. Oh. Hey, you're on the air. Well, uh, let's see. I was um, listening to the podcast from oh, probably a week ago now where you were speaking with a gentleman about uh, Noah and the Great Flood, and I, I was just going crazy listening to this guy. Um, I couldn't take it anymore. So even though he's probably not listening now and it's kind of a topic gone by, I had to call in and kind of uh, debunk some things. Well, sure. Um, That's the whole purpose of the show. (laughs) But um, anyway, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, he was talking about, for instance, he was talking about, you know, they were finding seashells on the tops of mountains in where I think he said Alabama. You can also find them in Missouri, Arkansas, most of the way through the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, this is proof that the entire Earth was flooded. Um, first of all, uh, even if the water was high enough, uh, which it wasn't, which I'll explain in a moment, to get to the top of the Ozark Mountains, um, that doesn't mean it was on top of Mount Everest or the Rocky Mountains. Um, that's nonsense just even uh, ignoring the fact that the Ozark Mountains have not always been there. Yeah, that's, that's, the what, right. that's what somebody had pointed out. I know you've got more. We'll bring it back. Hang on. 800-259-9231. I didn't know that at the time we were taking the call. Otherwise, I'd have brought it up. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. You can do so for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on as many radio stations as we possibly can. I Hopefully we'll be announcing a... Uh, tw- I guess three stations would be a trimal cast. Hopefully we'll be announcing a trimal cast coming up uh, sometime next week. And all of this made possible by your AMP dollars, uh, also bringing new Internet listeners on board and helping spread the message of freedom as far and as wide as possible. You get perks, too, to sweeten the deal, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All of the details are waiting for you. You can get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp dot freetalklive.com as we continue with Brent uh who was all riled up last week when uh, when yet another uh ignorant uh religious guy called in to spout off about the Noah's Ark story and talk about how seashells were found on the mountaintops and since I was also ignorant and I didn't know uh well, the you science you try to uh, stay away from um, religion generally it just doesn't but this interest is science. you at all this well, is a if I'd known science I would have been able to answer it and I didn't know that either <laughs> so government schools at work yeah and exactly in my ignorance, I couldn't effectively uh, bring up a comeback besides, well, maybe they planted them there. Uh, <laughs> and then a few days later, uh, a few days later, somebody emailed and we did bring out the, the fact that, uh, hey, the earth done changed over all them years. But then again, that doesn't really fit into the paradigm of the uh, person who called because people like him don't believe the earth is more than 6,000 years old. And I can tell you, it's taken a lot longer than 6,000 years for those mountaintops to spring up from uh, you know the, the plate movements. Uh, but you were getting into some other... Uh, Corrections and some other points you wanted to make on the inconsistent or the uh, the incor- uh, the incorrect points of the or- the original caller. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know the other thing is uh, theoretically, supposedly it rained for forty days and forty nights, and 
and all of this nonsense. Or I think that's the story. You know, he floated around yeah. for 40 days and 40 nights. Nope, Maybe nope. it rained Heather, for seven. No, 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 no. Before you go on, it rained <laughs> for 40 days and 40 nights. He was on the sea, if you will, for a year. That's oh, how ludicrous okay. this crap is. Yeah, okay. So, so to go further into this nonsense, um, okay, where did all this water come from, and where did it go afterwards? Oh, God, that's right? easy. You just use and God like, as the excuse. God well, made it come come there, and then he made it go away. But isn't isn't it true? But then what, what that really gets into, though, is my, my kind of my main point here is just that, look, if you want to believe in something on faith, fine. Um, but when you get into, like, trying to prove God rationally or prove stories from the Bible rationally and scientifically, uh, you you are an idiot, uh, yeah. for lack of a I mean, you're well, nickapoop. There's no, there's no way... It doesn't make sense. There's no um, reason to do it, first of all, because faith, by its very nature, is irrational. It's non-scientific, and it doesn't have to be. Like, you just believe because you do, mm-hmm. because you want to. You know, you don't have to prove it to anybody. Yeah. And I always I laugh at people, and this, you know, I, I am constantly, well, maybe not constantly, uh, but occasionally we'll get in a conversation with somebody where they say, well, you know, uh, so, such and such and such, uh, happened and I said, well, uh, you know, that's not, I don't, I don't think so. And they say, well, but, and then they go into some, you know, nonsense quackery about, you know, half science trying to prove their religion and, and it's just Mm. not necessary. I mean, it it doesn't, you know, they can believe it whether it's proven or not because it's religion. That's what it's for. Great point. If if you want to believe that, that's what you should just do is believe it. Don't try to justify it or prove it to anybody because, uh, well, you got nothing. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that, you know, there's no place for for inductive logic, you know, and, and for kind of believing something just because you feel like you've, you know, experienced it or you feel like you've, you know, you've had. You're just saying have the courage to admit it. it. Have the courage to yeah, admit exactly. that you just believe. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Any other thoughts tonight? Um. Well, I guess I, I could have. One other thing that I want to throw in there, I'm right, starting go. to get a, I'm starting to get a minor, uh, uh, a little tingle in the back of my mind, like maybe Mark is no longer actually a minarchist, and he's just uh, holding up that end so he doesn't get fired from the show. <laughs> well, I don't, I can't I, really fire Mark. It, just, it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good for anybody. He's entrenched. He's the Alan Combs of the show. So this is where I stand, and I think that it's it's pretty consistent all um, all around, except for you know uh, you know you maybe hear me uh, hold up the state a little harder in one place or knock it down a little um, a little in, in others. But I think that I've what I've, I've said for a long time, and it, uh, it it really is true for me, is that you know I'm I, I remain somewhat unconvinced about this whole uh, peaceful anarchy thing, and I don't know what life is going to be like, and no one does because there's nothing to point to to prove it. Uh, and that that's fine and that's okay and that you know i'm i'm not saying that that makes it bad i think that we need we're likely going to move there progressively um to some extent from you know a small government to a you know a lesser government when you know people are allowed to compete and that kind of thing and i'm for that i'm for you know progressing to a state of uh of no government if that works 
However, I'm for what works, and I know that a small republic would work. I'm for a small republic where it would be very difficult to pass a law, and it would be very difficult for that government to grow, because a constitution would have teeth, and you put in place something like a supermajority where, you know, 90% of the politicians have to vote on something being bad in order for it to be bad, rather than getting together 50% of them, because we we see how that works. So, um yeah, I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Is I'd like to see it work. I'm all for no aggression whatsoever. I believe in those principles. However, I, I'd like to I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to stand here and look at it from there. Okay. All right. So so you would say perhaps that you're philosophically an anarchist, but pragmatically a minarchist. I I I I, 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 I he's say, like a scared minarchist. I, I like my quote. On the, <laughs> I like my quote on the PBS the best, which is that I'm in fact a uh, libertarian pretending to be an anarchist, posing as a libertarian, which makes me an anarcho hustler. That's clear. Thanks, Brent. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. I figure we should uh, get rid of this uh, call because he's just going to keep pushing your mark, and then he'll just. He'll just find all the holes in your in your in your arguments because he's obviously a very brilliant guy. Oh, thanks for thanks for yeah. protecting just me from looking out from the for brilliant you, guys. You know? yeah. yeah. All right, let's continue here. Oh no, we're not. Uh, Rita is gone, so we will continue with your calls when you make them. Otherwise, we go across the pond where Wayne has a story about the new kind of ticket you might get issued if you're uh, walking about in Great Britain. That's right. This is in Great Britain, but it may be coming here too. UK to raise revenues with ninety dollar on the spot tickets. The UK Department for Transport, DFT, is preparing to give police the authority to issue instant fines to motorists uh, accused of making simple, careless mistakes while driving. Yes. Under the proposal, police would ticket the alleged crime at £60 or $90. Instant. Bypassing expensive court hearings. For majority of cases. Oh yes, of course. It's and all about saving the state money. That's right. So, so first off, I'm sorry. Read a little bit into the article. I've got some questions. Okay. The new on-the-spot hearing, uh, new on-the-spot penalty, is designed to increase the number of annual convictions to 30,480, resulting in more than 1.8 million pounds in additional revenue, which is 2.7 million in U.S. dollars. It's like this isn't designed to keep pe- people safe. <laughs> this is designed to increase convictions in yep. revenue because at revenues least they're are honest. Falling. I mean, at least they're being honest about what they're doing. The extra fines are specifically targeted at d- drivers with a good record who may have been caught making a simple mistake. So this is uh, not going to go on your permanent record. Hopefully, it, it doesn't say here okay. yet. But under UK law, careless driving unquote represents. A non-specific catch-all category of traffic crime as distinct from specific offenses such as driving while talking on a cell phone, neglecting to wear a seatbelt, or speeding. The fixed penalty would apply to anyone driving in a way that falls below what would be expected of a competent and careful driver. So what happens if you don't have the money? With you, you mean? Yeah. Well, I they, mean, probably have a, they probably penalty. have a credit card machine with them or I something. I bet they do. <laughs> but what if you don't have any of that? What if you've only got five bucks in your pocket, or or uh, ten or twenty bucks, and you know, or pounds, and you're planning on eating uh, lunch with that? <laughs> yeah. they, they what, uh, what happens? They don't say, but you know, that's a good, very good question, and I, I'm sure that the, they've got some contingency plans in in place for that. I can tell you that uh, you know, the married guys, at least uh, if, if they're anything like me, they don't have cash. That's right. Yeah, I mean, my mind's doled out to me in very small amounts. <laughs> Well, I guess you might go to a jail cell then if you can't afford to pay the instant fine. Otherwise, what's the point in it being an instant fine? 
That's th- right. Maybe it's instant, but I suppose they could avoid taking people to jail if uh, I mean if they really if they really are trying to save the system money. Uh, they could maybe delay, and if well, if you can't pay it now, then you can pay it later. But it's ninety pounds then, so it's sixty pounds right here. Uh, but if you have to pay later, ninety pounds. That that would make sense because a lot of times you're handed a ticket and you have thirty days to pay it, right? Or uh, plead guilty or whatever. So that could be something that they could do here uh, in America. I mean, we saw there was a law, uh, not a law, rather, but there was a couple stories recently about the tremendous amount of new fines and fees and taxes that the various governments around the country, specifically New York State, there's like 88 or 120 new taxes there uh, that they're they're just lobbing out to extract as much money from people as they possibly could. Well, they could offer people a discount rate on their speeding tickets. If you pay now and you don't go through any of the problems, Process, well, we'll give you 10% off. More coming up. It's free talk. Cash. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. We are launching into hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. It is Christmas week still, uh, the Friday edition of the program I don't know. I, I mention this only because some people might be confused. They'll think that we're on vacation, but we're not. We don't do vacations here on Free Talk Live because we've got multiple co-hosts. So if one host goes on vacation, we just have other people come in instead. And so uh, big thanks, by the way, to all of our great co-hosts that came in over the last week and a half as Mark had, uh, was down in Florida. Thanks for the break, guys. Yep, they did a super job. Of course, we had Dale in for the first time from anarchyinyourhead.com, oh, and he did a good job. So we're going to have him back. And coming soon, uh, people have been asking, uh, we are going to be having Sam up here as well from the Obscure Tooth Network when he moves up, makes his finishes his move to New Hampshire from Texas, which I believe he'll be starting tomorrow. So he's going to drive across the country, and I think he's going to stop over at Jason Osborne's house in Ohio on his way up hmm. and uh, hang out and party and keep it real with Jason from SACL CAI. So should be a nice little trip for him. All right, 800-259-9231. So we were talking uh the very end of the last hour about... The U.K. and this new instant ticket thing, this phenomenon that they, uh, they're they going to start up over there, where if you are driving naughtily, they will pull you over and give you the opportunity to pay on the spot. And, well, Mark, you were saying, that, well, wait a minute, what about my court appearance? Right. <laughs> what, if, if you want to go to court for one of these things, what happens? I, do, the, do they allow you to go to court? Or is it, this is an on-the-spot ticket, sir. Sorry, you're yeah. going to have to give me the money now. It says somewhere in the article that they're actually doing it in, in a, a certain percentage of cases, which means you probably do have the option to plead guilty and not pay right there. But then, of course, when you get to court, they're going to really ding you hard if you're found oh, yeah. guilty, which you probably will be. You've you've done something bad at that point. You've uh, you've annoyed them. And this this trend is actually happening in America too, a little differently. You've got the the red light cameras in Detroit. There was a story about a month ago in my show prep pile about them basically starting to really be aggressive about ticketing people for going five miles an hour over the speed limit and. Uh, the courts up up in that that region are packed with people on these minimal offenses to raise money. So as as the state and local governments are hurting more and more for revenue, whether it's from lowering property taxes, 
from businesses going under or having less uh, revenue, you're going to see more and more of this. So more desperation. More desperation and more aggressiveness well, on, on the parts of these state and local governments. Right. Well, because they can they can just keep making new fines and taxes until it all comes crashing down. Uh, whereas businesses and homeowners and family, you know, heads of family have to make tough choices. I mean, when when times are tough and the economy's down a bit and you don't have as much money coming in or your your bills have gone up or whatever your situation, you've got to change your behavior. You've got to uh, do something differently. You've got to buy, you know, cheaper food or you've got to not buy cigarettes or uh, or coffee or something like that. You've, you've got to look at your budget and you've got to decide what's most important and what you can cut. And the government just doesn't have to do that. I mean, they should. If they wanted people to appreciate them at all, they should. But no, they don't ever do it. It's always, well, what can we increase? Where can we increase taxes? Who can we tax now? How can we make up this, you know, this deficit here? It's not, well, what can we cut? How can we do our? How can we do this better? How can we do things more efficiently? It's, well, how can we keep the money flowing in? And That's and what, you know, who can we abuse now? That's, That's the right. question. And the state and local governments can't print money like the federal government can. Correct. So they are in a big bind right now because they've got to figure out ways to squeeze more money out of people. And, you know, we as individuals all have to tighten our belts in an economic downturn. But they still don't believe they have to in many cases. Of course, the, uh, one of the ultimate questions is, is, well, at what point will people start to get fed up? At what point of taxation will people finally say... Yeah, well, that's about it. I've had enough giving money to you on a voluntary basis. I mean, when I mean when I say voluntary, I mean voluntarily handing it over. Uh, and when will they just decide they've had it? I don't know. I, maybe it's going to be ninety percent. I I wonder what most people's line in the sand is. Of course, they haven't even thought about it. Most of them. Did you see the recent predictions by Gerald Salente? Who's that? Uh, he's a futurist. He he runs a company out of New York or Long Island or something like that that projects future trends in the marketplace. I didn't. And he, he predicts a revolution. He predicts tax revolts in the next 10 years. He says good. by 2012, people are going to be giving each other food for Christmas. Well, I don't know if that sounds too good, but I yeah. like the tax revolts idea, and I think it's none too soon. Uh, I mean, I hope people take what the Santas were doing earlier this week, uh, which is – actually, it was a couple weeks ago, but the report came out this week where Santas – People dressed as Santas were going around covering up traffic cameras, and they were getting friendly honks from people. I mean, this is something that people <laughs> like. The, co- the comments on the various different articles about this were overwhelmingly positive. Uh, so positive that the news reports were talking about how positive the comments were. Uh, so, I mean, clearly, if, if activism can benefit people, they'll see that benefit, and they'll really appreciate it. You're also seeing over in Greece now the revolts and the, the civil unrest that's happening there, and it's happening among... Middle class people too, which is really yes. I was not aware of what all that was about. I, I thought I heard something about people being out in the streets, and I just figured it was the uh, the kids being angry about not getting enough socialism. That's no. usually what it is. Well, no, there was actually a, uh, a killing, I guess, of the police or the government of, of a young fifteen year old kid or something like that, and that sparked it. That was the immediate, but the underlying has been a growing dissatisfaction with mm. with the uh, the government of, of Greece. So something snapped then, basically. Yes, that, that was the final straw for a lot of people, I guess. 1-800-259-9231. We go to your phone call. Stephen in New Mexico, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi there, Stephen. Temporarily in New Mexico here. Stephen, what's hey, on your um, mind tonight? Well, you know, uh, well, first of all, I listened to my, I called last night, and I listened to the recording of it later on, and boy, I sure stuttered a lot, and I guess I, uh, I don't know, I guess I was nervous or something, man, I don't know, but uh, I, I always try to, to come up with a good subject and not stutter too much uh, 
because I know that this is radio. You know, it's not just me talking to you. Well, we, radio, most so. people don't put that much effort into it, so I must say I appreciate that, uh, but it's not required. Okay. Go ahead with your thoughts oh. tonight. All right. I, I really wanted to just throw something out there and then listen uh, to what you guys had to say, and, and pretty much all of you, including Wayne, because Wayne is sort of like the elder statesman of the show, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think Wayne is older than all of us, isn't he? It's Wayne, put together. Like 40-something? I can't tell you. I'll have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm 42, and I think Wayne's older than me anyway. Yes. Uh, but uh, um, I, I am going to be in a situation where I might be talking to communists, and I don't mean – um, you know, speaking hyperbolically of, of a Democrat, you know, or a liberal with a socialist leanings, I'm talking about uh, Mao, Lenin worshiping, Che Guevara T-shirt wearing, red, uh, you know, Marxist, Marx, Karl Marx reading, uh, red communist. Okay, what's the situation? And, and, and I don't. Well, uh, there, there. It's my niece and nephew by marriage, and I've met him before, but I've always avoided it because really I don't know how to talk to them. Um, and, and I, I don't know what to say, and, and they are very uh, evangelistic about communism as well, too. So you can expect um, them to bring it up, is what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. And and I, I I don't honestly, you know, I don't really know that much about communism. I really don't know too terribly much about it. Well, okay, um, let me jump in here. Having probably been the only person in the room here that was at one point in a, uh, you know, a stated communist, I, I in <laughs> high school, I claim to be a, an anarcho-communist. So, wow. uh, yeah, the, one of the things that you can, you know, real communists believe is no government at all. Government is mm-hmm. by every single person. And mm-hmm. the, the, it's the real chink in their armor. It's the idea that everyone is going to think the very same thing about everything. Do you see how nonsensical that is? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it's, it's the government by everyone for, you know, and, and you all essentially have to believe the th- same thing. There is no government because we are all the government. So, mm-hmm. you know, you ask them about things like force and, and uh, well, what if I don't want to do it that way? Mm. You ask them about things like property uh, because you have to really get, get in there and wheedle. You have to get your you have because, to get your pocket because, knife out and you got to kind of you know wiggle it around in the cracks because the fact is you know they start saying things like the guy who called in not too long ago there is no property. Well, can I eat things? Well, of course you can eat things. Do I own the things that are in me, or can can somebody take them out? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is is that mine? Yeah. You know, you start asking really about what is property, and once you can establish that you own yourself, and that therefore therefore you're able to make things that are your own, and, and that you would be less likely to make things if you didn't own them, you've really got their whole. Si- they, you're you shoving a wedge run. in. Hang on, Stephen. We're going to bring you back. You can uh, comment, and uh, we'll continue this discussion. Talking with real communists is the best. Pr- uh, what's the best approach? Your ideas as well are welcome. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You can bring up anything, just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, all the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, the features include the wiki. We've got over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive for free, W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com 
And the Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, you can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. And you can apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or at Emory University in Atlanta, March 14th through the 19th. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information. That's libertarianseminars.com. They've got some seminars coming up in the summertime, too, which I'm oh, cool. sure all the uh, same deal uh, applies to, but it's probably in different locations and different yeah. stuff. So go to libertarianseminars.com and check it out. There will be all kinds of uh, seminars you can go to. Great. As we go back to your phone calls with Stephen in New Mexico, uh, Stephen apparently going to be meeting up with some family members soon, two of whom are avowed communists. And mm-hmm. you are calling for, well, I guess just bring that up and kind of discuss the issue of how to best talk to these folks. And you say that they're very, very out communists. They are people who are evangelical communists. So it's very likely mm-hmm. that in conversation at some point they'll bring up their ideas. Right. And the last time we met, um, I've met him once before. And uh, it's, it's, it's my, my wife's sister's daughter and her partner. Now, they are legally married, but they don't use the term wife and husband. They're it's, partners. Yeah, they're partners. Yeah, that's uh, sick. So they, <laughs> what the the word if 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 she if he calls her his wife, I guess that would be an insult or something. She would hmm. be because uh, it indicates possession. Gender specific. Like that. That's very I'm strange. Sorry? Is it gender specific or indicates possession in some way? You know, I, I'm not I'm not sure uh, what their deal is. Yeah, you could ask them on that too. They're very nice people. Um, they're very nice people. Great. And, well, then they, they if they're nice, to... they won't want to. They won't want to hurt you when you want to opt out of their system. Right. And see, and this is the thing that you have to go after with them. You have to go after things. Uh, you know, essentially, you're going to point to the aggression without talking mm-hmm. about the That's aggression. Right. You talk yeah. about property, which some communists don't believe in any property at all, whereas other communists believe that it's it's the man to be taking all the property from the workers. You know, that kind of nonsense. Um, there was that one guy who we got to admit that he believes that he is his own property, but nothing else is. Yeah, Well, he did, but you pointed out how you owned the things that you ate, and how you would not uh, be likely to do anything as work if you didn't have, you know, some incentive to do these things. And you can point out that there's all kinds of historical examples that they will poo-poo uh, as quickly as they possibly can. It wasn't done right. Uh, but if you look at, you know, the, the, the best is over here in America when uh, they came over, the pilgrims came over. Originally, they tried communism uh, originally, and essentially people didn't work. They weren't as productive. Immediately upon changing that, they became productive. Mm-hmm, you, right. The, the pilgrim story is excellent. I, I had my daughter, uh, the last year she was in public school, I had her do the true story of the pilgrims for a for a class, uh, she had to do some kind of a uh, presentation or something like that, and so I said, "Let's do the real story of the pilgrims." That's so, a sure. that's a good thing. Now, let me tell yeah, you about these right. other sorts of uh, sort of Marxist communists, real quick. Uh, the people that believe sure. that the, uh, the the man has taken all the money from the workers. You have to ask them, well, do the workers individually have the right to sell things like their labor to other people? And, of course, the answer is yes. So then the workers have the right uh, to sell at whatever rate they wish. Isn't that so? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's just that there are bad people out there that will buy it for too low. Well, aren't the workers, in fact, competing against other workers? But they should unionize. But you you get to – and then you say, well, what if I don't want to be part of that union? You get to show them how the marketplace works in ways that they can totally understand with 
questions, mm-hmm. and you're really going to show these folks who who really believe in equality. First, that's another thing that you get to go after. They believe in equality. They want people treated fairly and equitably. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen in any kind of system where the government gets an opportunity to step in and be coercive. You, you'll, what you'll find is there's people that are more equal than others. Uh, you know, you the Politburo. Yeah, the, the, which uh, the Politburo. You don't want to throw out that term because the Politburo, although part of the Communist Party, was part of the Soviet Socialist Republic, and so you're gonna you're gonna muddy the waters at that point. They're gonna be like, but we hate the Soviets. They did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrong, what about yeah. the Chinese? Well, the Chinese and, have a Politburo. They all did it wrong. Yeah. yeah. They did. They all right. did it wrong. Well, I read I read Mises. Uh, where he explained how the lack of a price mechanism, uh, you know, it it, uh, it made for such a situation so that they, you know, nobody knew what products were needed where. There were no flags. You know, a price is basically a, fl- a flag. If all of a sudden in one region uh, the price of water goes up to $10 for a, for a 16-ounce bottle, well, that's a signal that there's a shortage of water there. And that's also an inspiration for people like me, you know, who want to make money to load up my truck with water and bring it to that area. And then the competition between me and other people like me will drive that price back down. And because of that lack of that, that those sorts of signals, uh, because that's absent in the communist system, you had situations like we had in the 80s in, in the Soviet Union where they had uh, grain in the fields, people starving mm. in, in, in town. Uh, there was no bread, but there was grain in the fields waiting to be harvested. Tractors rusting the fields, no laborers to to run the tractors to harvest the grain. Why? Because they were in the shops making more metal to make more tractors. You're gonna have. I, I understand. <laughs> That's where they were allocated yes. by the state. Right. That's right. I, I, I get exactly where you're coming from completely. Them. But the problem with that is, is that they're going to say what they we need is a system where that allocates it better. We just need a government that works Put me in better because right. government yeah. works. For my people, my people. That's what they're gonna say, and they don't. Mm-hmm. They're they're just they're mistaken. I like. But just, you have to show them why the government can't work. Well, and I like mm-hmm. the right. idea of showing them the violence as well. I don't think they yeah. they want to be associated with that i mean the whole idea like you know i like the idea of sharing i'm all in favor of sharing but i think that sharing should be done on a voluntary basis oh yeah yeah voluntary yeah okay well what if i decide that i don't want to participate in your little system what's going to happen mm-hmm. to me right and, mm-hmm. and you ask them things about you know uh, communists hate uh, the idea of leadership they hate the idea of uh you know people being in charge you ask them well do you think that uh, you know the system of producing the 12 grain bread that everybody's going to eat because we're all going to be vegans uh, because we want to be <laughs> do you think that this yeah. system of producing this bread would require any administrators do you think that it would require people in charge to you know mm-hmm. say drive this here and do that there or do you think that all sure. this stuff would just uh, we'd all be workers and, and usually, who, who is going to tell whom to take the garbage out right well that's the thing <laughs> is that so, th- their idea is is that somebody spontaneously yeah. will say i will take the garbage out out. And likely someone will take the garbage out. However, it's these new and different things. You'll ne- you, you, in innovation will be uh, completely stifled. Would be completely stifled if the system oh, yeah. even did function. Innovation. You would can't be get there. I mean, it's, you just can't get there no, from here. It's it's nonsense. It's, uh, it's pie in the you sky. Know, it, I, I think what they kind of remind me of is back when I was a liberal. Now I wasn't a communist. I would have run screaming from that word. But I, I think what, what it go, comes down to is during the progressive era and the, er, and the uh, turn of the, not this last century, but the century before that, the 19th to the, to the 20th century, uh, when the progressives came out, the uh, the people who were classical liberals, or whatever you want to call them, who them, calling them goo-goo, meaning good government people. Mm. 
I'm not even familiar with this. Good luck finding good government anywhere. I thank you, Stephen, and good luck, and uh, let us know how that uh, conversation turns out, will you? Thanks, Stephen, for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you've got any tips for Stephen and how to communicate with real communists, we'd love to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include the updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. You know that email's not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Wrong. Introducing privacyharbor.com. It's an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. You can sign up for a free account today, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. I love that they offer this service for free, and I think that this is really the uh, the paradigm that the Internet is built around, is giving things away so that you can then sell your services you know, on top of it or whatever. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know. I'm reading an email. Sorry. Yeah, that's good job. PrivacyHarbor.com. 1-800-259-9231. That, again, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, so, Wayne, we were talking a moment ago with Stephen in New Mexico about the issue of communicating liberty to communists, real communists, and uh, dyed-in-the-wool, self-proclaiming communists. And you said you had a few additional thoughts you wanted to share, so I want to make sure we get to that. Yeah, I think first also you want to establish whether they're just a philosophical Marxist or they're a Marxist-Leninist, because there's also a difference there. The philosophical um, communists talk about these things pie in the sky, but aren't really, don't take action, whereas the Marxist-Leninists tend to be the ones who seek power, and those are the ones that you have to really watch out for uh, more closely, because they'll say anything to get into power, Mm. even if if it sounds like it's it's got liberty in it, you know. So that's the first thing. Secondly, if you're talking with them, I found that you want to establish it right away that you are not a mouth-reading neocon, nor are you a so-called progressive, that you're independent, uh, that you're a liberal, you could even say libertarian-leaning independent, if you like, just so they know you're not uh, trying to spout off what you heard on TV somewhere. You don't want them to have preconceived notions, necessarily? Exactly. You don't want them to have preconceived notions. And I think some of the questions that Mark brought up are really valid, is that you want to have them question and, and realize the violence that they're advocating. But you want to do it in a very uh, matter-of-fact way. You don't want to get into it. You just want to put out a few things. And then maybe if you've got Mary Ruart's book with you. I've done this many times with friends who, who lean that way. Is I, give, I, I lend them Mary Ruart's book and let them read it. And you'd be surprised how many phone calls I get a month later saying, this book changed my life. Oh, yeah. I totally believe that. And, and you know, the book's not doing you any good if it's sitting on your bookshelf, so it should be in somebody else's hands. That's right. One of the uh, the tricks that I've thought about using in the past, and uh, there's one there's one particular socialist that I'm I'm out after these days, <laughs> is I thought... Who's that? Well, I'm not going to mention the oh, guy's okay. name on the, <laughs> the radio. <laughs> um, but I know that he knows that I'm out after him, and uh, as far as to convert him to liberty, and, and I know that he's, you know, very, very leery of it. 
So I've thought of uh, offering to read one of his books in exchange for him reading Mary Ruar because I believe it's such a powerful book that I don't look is all you have to do is read this book and yeah. it will change your life. And I'll read whatever tripe it is that you wish me to read, sure. whatever violent, nasty crap that it is that you want me to read. I'll read it. And I'll tell you why they're wrong later. <laughs> and I just don't think that, he, the, you know, that a socialist can stand in the face of Dr. Mary Ruart's book. That's W, U, uh, excuse me, R-U-W-A-R-T. That's correct. Uh, I, healing that's our world. Healing our world. I, I just, uh, I've been reading it recently. You know, I'd read bits of it before, but I haven't read it cover to cover. It's a long book. So you're in the midst of it at, at this moment? Yeah. Fine, fine. Are you, are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, it's it's a it's a great read. It's a heck of a lot better than most of the dry academic stuff out there. It's oh a, gosh, yeah, it's really she's good. A wonderful communicator. She's yeah. very uh, she's very good at helping people understand that if what you want to do is help people, then you have to do things on a voluntary basis. You have to allow your neighbors to be free. You have to stop using force. And I think she just she just draws so many clear pictures and uses so much real hard evidence. I mean, there's so many citations in that book. Oh, the, my goodness. The whole last third of the book is just all citations. So that nobody can look at that book and say, well, she's making this crap up because she's not. Even if you uh, understand liberty and you, you're for it, it gives so many great examples yeah. uh, to be used in conversations and uh, opens your eyes to things. I yeah, I, I had no idea what well, the history of the FDA was. Well, so. Mark, you're going to have to finish it by early March. You understand that, right? Because uh, odds are good we're going to have her on the show at that point. Well, so. and, and we'll uh, likely have her on for one or two segments, and I think I can, uh, I'd can. i be able to, to, to fake it with the first half of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. 800-259-9231. Just because it's one of the, the 12 books you's, you've actually read in your life. <laughs> but the, and the other thing with Aristotle, Aristotle said the essence of being human is control over your own life. Now, what person would disagree with that? So Nobody. You, well, well, maybe a Marxist might, because if you're if you're really preaching Marxism, then you don't have control over your own. I life. haven't met anyone. Now, they may believe that the 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 value that it, that you have in your life should be laid down for the group, but they want you to do that. Uh, willingly, they don't want you to be forced to do it. That no one, none of them would, and none of these people anywhere, no, no big government, anybody would ever say, "Oh well, force." That's we, we wouldn't force anybody. That's that's what they're going to say. They're always going to talk about how eh, this would be voluntary, just like the Democrats and the Republicans. Look, you should do it the way we want you to do it because you want to believe like us. Yeah, <laughs> and the other factor too that you can bring up with people, depending on how far into the conversation you get, is that if you look at the 20th century. How many innocent, unarmed civilians ended up dead at the hands of communist governments, Marxist governments? Oh, my. More than they did it wrong. They, they did, did it, it wrong. wrong. Yeah. That's right. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts here, and especially if you are a former communist, as Mark, uh, at one time you identified yourself that way. I got an email within the last couple of days from somebody saying, th- oh, happy holidays, and, and thank you. They'd been listening to the show for quite a while, and, and prior to finding Free Talk Live, they considered themselves a communist and no more. You know, now they're on board with, uh, with liberty. And, and so, you know, it is possible to bring these folks on board if you, if you can show them that they can get what they want, whatever it is that they're wanting in life, unless it truly is to control others. Uh, right. If what they want is just peace, or what they want is to help the poor, or Good what they want policy. is, or what they yeah. want is uh, their boss to be a little nicer to them, you know, they can get what they want if they're working voluntarily, consensually in the marketplace, as opposed to using the coercive power of the state. 
That's right. And you know, the other thing is when you talk about the marketplace, they're going to say, oh yeah, the Republicans tried that, Reagan tried that, it didn't work. Well, mm-hmm. we, didn't, we haven't had a free marketplace. <laughs> they just, the Republicans have talked that game for how many decades now, and it's been yeah. a bunch of baloney. It's just been a bunch of cartelization and, and corporatism and, and mercantilism. It's not free market capitalism. Right, and, and you ask them, because uh, generally somebody who's going to identify as a communist is going to identify more readily with the Democratic Party than they would with the uh, uh, Republican Party, and you'd ask them, well, do you think that the Democrats have told lies to people to get into power? You, you ask them questions in order to bring them to the conclusion. If you do so, then they will come to the conclusions on their own. That's true. They questions realize that the Democrats have lied. They would then realize, holy crap, the Republicans could be lying too. I'm sure they already believe the Republicans are lying if right, they're communists. They think they're li- lying in a different manner. They disagree with the Republicans' philosophy, yeah. and that's all fine and dandy. I don't. That, that's that's fine. I, you know, largely what the Republicans say from a fiscal standpoint, I mostly agree with. Obviously, as far as I'm concerned, they uh, they 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 vacillate too much and him and haw too much, but. You know, and, and they them disagreeing with that. That's that's fine. However, the Republicans are lying about it, so we've never had a chance to try that. You can't disprove it with what's occurred because it has yeah. never occurred. You know, what I find really interesting. I've, I've talked to a few Obama supporters in the last month or so, and you know, I say to them, "Well, you know, I didn't support either candidate, but I got to ask you this." I said, "You know, how do you feel about him appointing Joe Biden as his vice president, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton as his Secretary of State?" Robert Gates, the former uh, Bush Secretary of Defense. As he just appointed defense. some Republican to some other office. Yeah, I said, how do you feel about that? I said, you know, I, I watched for eight years now the conservative Christians be duped by Bush, and now I'm, I'm seeing my friends who are so-called progressives mm-hmm. are getting duped uh, on the other side of the coin. What did they say? Uh, they start uh, double-talking. Yeah, double-talking. Uh, like, oh, yeah, he, he's got to know all the people who pull the levers so that he can get stuff done. Right. Well, well <laughs> Obama's excuse was, well, I said I would pick the best man for the job, and that's what well, I meant I would do. And, and, and uh, the media is talking everyone. The media is talking about this, uh, you know, the, these the, this sort of adversarial cabinet so that he can hear all the sides and then come up with the best solutions. So he's, he gets to hear all of the, uh, you know, a great uh, a, a variety of different liars rather than, you know, one type of liar. <laughs> All of the different points of statism will yeah. be uh, on his table. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, since we were talking about traffic cameras earlier, we'll tell you what some pranksters have been doing. Not the Santas, some other pranksters. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how you can promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll see a whole list of things you can do to help get Free Talk Live out there into more ears, most of them completely free, a few, well, very low cost. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. We would much appreciate it. That's promote.freetalklive.com. And, uh, I mean, obviously there are not not necessarily a lot of former communists listening right now, but it would be interesting uh, if you're listening to the podcast as a former communist to have you call in at some point when you get a chance and tell us what was it was there anything in particular that kind of swayed you over to the liberty side was there any one issue or one persuasive point that was really worked on you i'd love to hear that 
Well, I, I, I can tell you what, uh, when, when I graduated high school, about that time, you know, I had read anarchist and, an, really anarcho-communist, uh, philosophy and, and stuff like that. I'd read a few books. I, I didn't like the academic stuff, so I didn't read much. I was pretty, pretty uninformed, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I liked to, I liked, to sound informed. Equality! Like, yeah, solidarity! Those kind of things. You know? <laughs> I like these words. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, then uh, at that point, I made it to prison. Yeah. Well, I realized, wow, there's a bunch of bad people in the world, and they're not going to do what I want them to do, no matter what. <laughs> we, I, you know, we just can't get this. This will not work because these yeah. people are bad. And that was enough for me. So 1-800-259-9231 if you want to share that with us. Otherwise, we move on here to a different story. This is about some pranksters. And this is a nasty prank, I have to say. Uh, This is a... It's not fun like what the Santas were doing with the traffic cameras earlier this week, but it does have to do with traffic cameras. The story's from TechDirt.com, where in general we have trouble with things like speed cameras and red light cameras, both of which don't tend to do much of anything to make the roads safer. In fact, there's evidence that they actually lead to more accidents. Right. The reality is they're really about boosting revenue for local governments and not about safety, which explains why plenty of places have been found illegally changing parameters to make them bring in more revenue. But the biggest problem of all is just that these cameras uh, aren't reliable at all, and without any human witnesses, it seems unfair to charge someone with a crime, especially when they do things like charge a stationary brick wall going 58 miles per hour, or accuse a woman of driving a car at a stunning 480 miles per hour. <laughs> and, of course, when you have an automated system sending out violation notices, you just know it's going to get gamed. And that's exactly what appears to be happening. Slashdot has pointed out a story involving students in Maryland making fake life license plates, matching other students' plates, slapping them on their cars, and then speeding by the speed cameras in order to get other students slapped with the fines. Now, this is actually an expensive process. I was recently looking into the, the cost of getting a license plate customized, and you're no, looking no, this at... Is, they were doing it with shiny paper, Ian. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought they were actually having fake license plates made. And... No, no. They're, they're doing shiny paper. Wow, well, uh, so shiny enough to where they could still read the, the lettering and, and the well, cameras. Well, shiny enough that it uh, mimics a reflective license plate. Gotcha. Okay. Well, whatever they were doing, uh, they managed to It's get... a pain in the butt. These people, you know, it's, it, this is a, a pretty uh, thorough prank. I mean, yeah, this, this isn't is something. Mean. This isn't something they just came up with. Hey, grab the shaving cream. We're going to go have some fun. <laughs> you know, it's nothing like that. It's, you know, somebody planned this. Well, you know, those cameras also do try to get the, a picture of who's driving. So, do they? Uh, yes. Well, it depends on the camera. Yeah, and those intersection the red light ones, ones do. Yeah, the red light ones do. So they have one that's down the road somewhere taking a picture of the front of the car? Is that the idea? Uh, no, they can get the license plate, and in many cases they can actually get the driver on those red light cameras. How? If you, I mean, if you've gone through the light... Or no, they get no, you before you yeah, go through? Before, yeah, as, as you're going, you're going through, through. I see. Right. So they snap a picture before it goes red, basically, and, and then, then I they guess snap they get, one on the other side? I don't know. I would assume that's how they do it. I mean, obviously, I they don't have a license plate in the front. Um, in I feel Florida, fortunate I've never had to deal with this. I've never had to deal with the this marketplace fine. can figure out a way to identify both the driver and the license plate of somebody who's going through a light, uh, through a red light. Well, apparently they're not identifying drivers everywhere. Uh, maybe that's just not common. Um, if the market, if, if if you know the people buying these things don't care about that, then that's not a problem. And the government doesn't care. No, they they don't. only care they just about want the money. somebody sending in a check. Right. And they don't care whether you sped. They don't care whether you were in no. your car. They don't care anything about that. They just want the money. Right. If it's your name on the fine, that's all they care about. They yep. want. 
whoever up. that name is to pay up. And so these students have figured that out. And so on the kids that they don't like or, or somebody they want to prank, they're driving through a red light or, or driving through past a speed camera with uh, with somebody's license plate number on the back of their car. Clearly, they're not even checking the plate uh, against the vehicle type. I mean, they're not doing any level of verification on this. Just, oh, somebody's, somebody ran through the red light. Oh, no, we'll note that down here. Send out Get the fine. And, Got some and, money. Come uh, cha-ching, you know, baby. Yeah, cash it in. Uh, and and I, I imagine most of these people pay it because they probably think to themselves, Huh, was I there at First and Main Street the other day? Well, I, I don't remember, but maybe I was, and okay, I'll just pay this, because who doesn't want to pay the fine? They know what happens if you don't pay the fine. Eventually, the license gets suspended, and, and if your license is suspended and you get pulled over at that point, there's a good chance you're going to a jail cell. So people know what the consequences are of not paying the fines, and so how do you, con- how do you contest this? How do you go? Is that, what is the process how do you go into a court and say, sir, I was not at this intersection at this time? Well, well we have evidence. This camera what, took a picture. That's what, ha- that's what you do do. In fact, in this case, that's pro- likely how they found out that they were pranksters, is you say, I was not there. I, it, it wasn't me. And then they brought up the picture. So, and, so show me some p- proof. Yeah. Well, here's, a pr- here's the picture with uh, the license. That's mm. not my car. Look, Jack Balls, right. you didn't even check and see if it was my car. It, you know, the, right. w- when the license plate goes out, it goes out for a specific type of car. Now, obviously, if these pranksters went out and went through the trouble of buying the exact same car, then, that, then you're going to be in big trouble. But likely, they put yeah. it on something entirely different. Absolutely. Look, this is from a, you know, a, a 2001 Escort, and I drive a... A truck. O four Ranger. Yeah. Whatever. I, I I don't know that they make any of those in but, those particular but, years, but but you have to go through the time and effort and stress of defending yourself right, against exactly. this stuff. I mean, yes, you can you can do that. You can say, let me see the evidence. Let me see the picture. Sure. And and you can do that. But this is a pain in the neck. Oh, and sure. Are it is. you going to get any restitution? I mean, if you go in there and you spend your Tuesday morning in the courtroom, spend your time and your effort doing this, and then they end up determining, oh. You know you're right. That wasn't you after all. Have a nice day. I mean, what are the odds that they're going to say, oh, we're so sorry, Mr. Wayne. Let's cut you a check here for $250 since you spent all day uh, dealing with us here today. We're so sorry about this. And in fact, we're going to launch an investigation post with into who the original criminals were. We're going to find out who these... I mean, have they ever determined who the pranksters actually are? Or do we just know that some kids are doing some pranks? I mean, how difficult must this be to actually investigate this crime? of what is essentially impersonating somebody else. They're impersonating somebody else. They're taking somebody else's identity and using it against them. Have, have the actual perpetrators of this crime been brought to justice? I find it hard to believe they might have been. It, it, I, I, maybe a few, but uh, who, know, who knows? Only I way know. you could catch these guys is if one of their buddies turns them in. For every one that uh, got caught, I'm sure there are ten that got away. In, in, in the old days, it was your, your word against the cops. Now it's your word against the camera. The camera. And and a lot of times they're just gonna say, well, the the evidence isn't conclusive. Just thirty five dollar court uh, court cost fee, and that's it. Well, even if you well, get, you're, you'd be lucky. I've I've sat in uh, the the one time I sat in a court, uh, you know, traffic court case this in Massachusetts. No, this was in oh, uh, okay. Florida. Um, the the judge just said, well, I'm interested in uh, the the public safety. This in this case, it was a, a really it was a lawyer that was posing as a judge for that day. I don't know what they call them, but you know, he he was really a lawyer by um, by yeah. trade and during the judge you know, pro tem. 
Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it was. He was just saying every time he'd smack the gavel down and said, I, you know, I'm here to, to, to make sure that people are safe. So here's the fine. As though the fine makes people safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? What a yeah. jerk. Exactly. Well, that's, that's just what he was doing. He wasn't even doing it for – he was doing it in the hopes that he would be a judge, I guess, in the future. Yeah. I, he wasn't even – he was gaining nothing. That's right. See, look how much money I raised for the state today. Maybe right. he was Give hoping – job. Yeah, maybe he was hoping that uh, this would get him more pro temp work because mm-hmm. they had to be elected down in Florida, I think. For this particular role, well, you got to show you're worthwhile. I mean, you got to show you're going to be uh, falling in line and doing what the state wants you to, and that is raising revenue. That's their job. Let's talk to David in New York. David, you are on Free Talk Live. How you guys hey, doing, David? What's on your mind? All right, I wanted to rehash the evolution versus creationism, but I, I must preface that I'm not a Christian and definitely don't take the Bible as fact. But I noticed you brought up something called carbon fourteen dating. And I thought it was quite interesting that when you think about it, uh, every living creature comes from its parents, you know, from the egg and the sperm and whatnot. And then you live off your mother's blood supply in the placenta. And then you live off all the food that you eat or the milk that you digest from your mother. So when these uh, minerals and particles come into your body and your cells realign them to make you, do they reconstitute the atomic half-life of the carbon-14? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. You know you're not talking to scientists here. I'm, you'd think that this would be a question that they would be asking themselves, because otherwise all the carbon in all the world would all be decaying well, at the same rate, Well, there are other rate, radioactive right? uh, decaying uh, dating methods, as, as I discovered later on. I didn't know if you had more, but hang on. We'll bring you back in hour three. If so, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, Hour 3, coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. It's your show. We are launching at hour number three of the program. Bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their site. We give ours away. Those misers. Mm, Enjoy it free at freetalklive.com. As we go back to David in New York. David, you are back on Free Talk Live. All right, I wanted to say uh, survival of the fittest, as far as Darwinian theories go. You can study that in a lifetime. You can see that in a lifetime. It's obvious that it exists. But as far as evolution, now you can take a dog and breed it into a thousand different types of dogs, everywhere from the size of a muskrat to a small deer, but it doesn't cease being a dog. Now, if evolution was something that was constantly happening and it was a real slow process, you would see more transitory creatures in the... uh, fossil record and why wouldn't dolphins be growing gills or why wouldn't flying squirrels be turning into bats you just don't see it and like a creature like a bat well, yeah when you my, think about another it, a question i have on this is uh, and i'm i'm sort of with you that i i to some extent do believe in a, in creationism i i don't believe in any of the the biblical stuff but i i agree that you know if the bacteria or whatever you know this the single cell organism five billion years ago turned into a human being why aren't we seeing all the ones from four million years ago three million 
million years ago, two million years ago, one million. You know, why why isn't that happening? I I, I suppose what they're going to say is the competition has changed, and so therefore what they can turn into has changed. But you know, I I don't I don't see it. I like the term intelligent design better than creationism. Okay. And I and I don't like to say that I know what's going on, but when I look at a creature like a bat, well, before you go on, I want to talk about intelligent design. Intelligent design sure. to me sounds like a buzzword for I would like to put my theory in school, and I don't feel that uh, you know I don't feel that there should be anything like intelligent design in schools. Okay. At well, least not a public school. I, when you look at the way cells work, Darwin didn't have a concept of the way cells work. They, the microscopes were nothing then compared to today. We can see all sorts of little tiny machines made out of basic proteins and uh, amino acids that perform complex functions. The cell is like a, it's more complicated than a, than a Volkswagen. It's, it's an amazing thing. Now, here's one example I like to give. A bat, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say a, a bat would have evolved from something like a flying squirrel, because that makes sense, right? I have no uh, idea. A, a flying squirrel has a posable hand that it can use to feed itself. A bat, its hand is its wing. So the transitory, um, tra- the transition between being a creature with a hand that is used for walking and feeding yourself to growing your hands into wings, survival of the fittest would take that creature out if it was a slow process. So I'm not sure how something like a bat could evolve from a rat or a squirrel or anything like that. I, I don't know either. I, I have no belief system on this. I like the evolution thing. It sounds good, uh, but I don't really know what, you you can, know, who knows I, what the truth I, is. I like it, too, when you look at it from a scientific standpoint. You can talk to people from you know sort of the standpoint of science. I just I feel that there are some some missing bits in this uh, evolutionary yeah. you know explanation and uh, well, stuff that doesn't satisfy me as an explanation. The real question is where does the new information come from for all the new processes that the cells need to have or all the complex processes the animals have? Because when you use the theory Darwin did, it's survival of the fittest, which is always canceling out information. It's always deleting information and leaving the fittest. But where does the new information come from? That's the real question. And when you start looking at how complex life is and the, how complex the cell is, it makes you wonder if there is an intelligent design aspect to it. So I guess that's, the scientists who are pushing this aren't necessarily pushing a Judeo-Christian viewpoint. They're pushing the point that ultimately nobody knows Darwinism or, or whatever camp you choose to be in. Nobody really knows. But they're saying with the complexity that intelligent design might be a possibility. Now, David, I know what's going to happen to me uh, tomorrow, and mostly this evening and um, through tomorrow and then the day after. I'm going to get a, a landslide of emails from people who uh, are explaining to me why I'm a complete mouth-breathing idiot for even um, giving you any kind of a huh during this, okay? <laughs> now, what I'd like you to do is step up. And put your email out address out there for these people to send you the emails, because I just don't want to hear it. I mean, you know, like I've spent my time thinking about this, and unless you've got something new for me from the uh, standpoint of evolution, which I doubt, uh, you know what, send me whatever you want to send me. I'll read I'll, it and respond. I'll give it out. I don't mind. Go ahead, man. It's you know, Frank Rizzo 322 at gmx.com. They can uh, rewind their MP3 player to hear that if they want to. Thank you, David. Good hearing from you. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's continue. Amp line to Dan in Maine. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, great. What's on your mind? 
Um, well, I just wanted to clarify how uh, carbon-14 dating works. Sure, good. Essentially, what it is is throughout any you know organic matter or anything that's living, um, it continually deposits carbon-14 dating you know, in its own organism. So the second this organism dies, it stops depositing new carbon-14 inside of its bones or its marrow. How, much do, you know, how do they know how much body. is there then? I mean, is there always the same amount of carbon-14 in my bones and marrows? Yeah, pretty much. It's like it's like a constant amount of, you know, the the old stuff we just get out, and it's kind of like you're breathing oxygen. You're breathing the same oxygen in and carbon in, in day in day out, and then when you stop breathing, whatever was in there is what's left. Essentially, you know, same idea. You know, when people die, their hair, they say their hair and their nails continue to grow for a while. Does this stop happening immediately upon death, or or is it a slow uh, trickle oh. decline? It's immediately upon death. The the hair and the nails phenomena is more or less like proteins in uh, certain certain uh, smaller cells that continue working. I've, I've actually read that uh, in fact that they the hair and nails do not continue to grow, but it's the skin shrinking back from them from uh, dehydration. Hmm. It, that, that could be it as well. But from what I understand, carbon fourteen is basically you know deposits in your bone or any organic matter in your body once you stop feeding it with new oxygen, carbon, and basically breathing and or anything really. Once once you die, you stop depositing new um, resources of this in your body, and so from that point on, it starts decaying. And carbon fourteen is actually only accurate, I believe, it's like sixteen thousand years. Sixty, or according to Wikipedia, it's sixty thousand years, but like, yeah, something like that. So it's it's more or less good for dating uh, bones of uh, you know ancient humans, cavemen, and stuff like that. So anything beyond that, I think they use um, you know. There's there's plenty of other different stuff that de- decomposes over time that yeah. they can use. You can look at uh, Wikipedia. will tell you all kinds of different radiometric dating methods that they have. So I'm curious. I mean, you sound like a relatively sciencey kind of guy, Dan. Any thoughts on the the whole evolution slash intelligent design discussion? Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna I was gonna you know say something about the bat and the flying squirrel argument that he made. Um, well, it's relatively safe to assume that when flying squirrels fly, the ones with the lighter amount you know, the lighter, because basically what it is, it's, it's more skin in between their body and their their arms that allow them to get more altitude as they glide. Well, it could be lighter, uh, hollow bones too, right? Exactly. The smaller so liver. So the ones born, you know, like you see humans with bigger bones, smaller bones all the time. So you could see that the, the squirrels that have lighter, thinner, more hollow bones are flying longer, farther, getting more food, and that's how they maybe evolve into bats. You what? could see that. Okay, what do you have to say about the, uh, you know, the Mark's question about the transitionary beings that don't exist today? Like, you know, why not anything between chimps and humans right now? Why aren't they around? Yeah, where, where, where is Australopithecus man now? Well, there, I saw, I'm basically addicted to the Discovery Channel, so okay. I see a lot of this. Um, a, lot of, a, lo- a lot of the genes may, there's an argument that they may have passed on into human, some present-day humans, you know, you know, us meeting Neanderthal man and, and breeding and stuff like that. The genes may have somewhere along the line we've just got all together, mixed together. But it's also very well possible that they got wiped out because maybe we were more mere curious in nature, which means we advanced faster and as you know history shows, 
advanced civilization to stomp out less advanced civilization. So you killed the, uh, the in-betweens but let the apes live, basically, is the idea? The humans killed off the in-betweens but let the apes live? Yeah, Very interesting. It's possible because they, they were competing for resources. You know, I don't know what the truth wanted. is, and I thank you for the call, Dan. Don't know, and really doesn't affect my life today, so I don't spend too much time <laughs> thinking about it, except when people call the show. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm a little more con- uh, concerned with what's coming next. This is Free Talk Live, and your calls are coming next if you make them. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And the features include live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, all totally free, including the webcam as well, all over at listen.freetalklive.com. Again, that's listen.freetalklive.com. want to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Coming up in early March, the 5th through the 8th, we will see you there if you're coming. Because Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live the entire time. But we are certainly not one of the uh, the good highlights of the event. The best thing, in my opinion, is getting to meet and hang out with hundreds of like-minded, liberty-loving people. I think that's the uh, the number one attraction. Of course, there are also some big-name liberty people that are going to be there. And I do mean big. People like Glenn Jacobs from the WWE. You might know him as Kane. Uh, Mary Ruart, the author of Healing Our World. We were discussing her earlier tonight. She's going to be there. Uh, and so many more. Uh, Will Buchanan from The Walk for Liberty. Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land, Angela Keaton from Antiwar.com, and the list just goes on. And there are more to be announced. There's still a few more months here uh, that we have to go through. Uh, what, two, three more, two, at least two more months before this actually happens. First week in March. Uh, the first weekend, actually, in the Nashua, New Hampshire, Crown Plaza Hotel. You'll be able to network. You'll be able to uh, attend panel discussions, keynote speeches, dinners, luncheons, uh, go out to breakfast with people. Whatever you want to do, it's a great time, and it's a, it's probably the uh, the best Liberty Convention you've ever been to. Uh, I've enjoyed the hell out of it for the last two years, and I'm expecting this one to be just as good as the, as the last. So looking forward to seeing you there. If you want to get invo- uh, involved, go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Get the full list of speakers. I don't believe the schedule has yet been ironed out. That'll be coming. Uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. But you want to get signed up now because you get the early bird discount and the longer you wait, the price will go up. So get on board now. Get your hotel rooms while you still can so the hotel doesn't sell out before you get registered. And use our discount code if you want to save yourself 10%. That code, 2009FTL, 2009FTL, to save 10% on the upcoming 2009 Liberty Forum at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum as we go to your calls. John is on the line in Texas. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John, in Texas. Yes, I'm here. Hey, you're on the air. I just wanted to uh, add something that uh, has been overlooked so far in the the, uh, Carbon-14 discussion. Sure, go right ahead. Uh, the, the origin of the carbon-14 for the dating is uh, actually in the atmosphere. Um, when uh, cosmic rays hit the atmosphere, uh, it actually hits some nitrogen, and uh, that's the origin of the carbon-14 okay. for, the, uh, for the carbon dating. So uh, when an organism is alive and, <clears throat> and breathing, it, it, it is uh, constantly absorbing that carbon-14 from the atmosphere. And uh, so when they, uh, when they die... They stop absorbing it, and uh, that's when it starts decaying. 
Interesting. They can compare the ratio <clears throat> in the atmosphere to uh, to the ratio inside the uh, inside that organism, and that's how they compare it with, with the decay curves and everything. I never knew that and, about uh, carbon fourteen dating, and I, I appreciate the info. Anything yeah. else on your mind tonight, John? Uh, the other thing was the uh, intelligent design. Yes, sir. Um, there was something recently called the Dover trial. Actually, I don't remember which state it was in, but uh, if you look up the Dover trial, it's uh, exactly a trial about intelligent design trying to be introduced in a uh, public school. Oh, boy. Yeah, I had and, said previously uh, that I don't support uh, – I, I really don't support uh, you know, the, the idea of intelligence design being introduced into public schools. But more importantly, and a lot more importantly, schools. I don't support government schools. I think that people should be able to teach their kids whatever they want to teach them. And I went to a school where they taught uh, creation uh, – you know, it was a Christian school. And you know, I didn't turn out – well, I'm darn bitter, I can tell you that. <laughs> but, <laughs> so – you know, I think that people should be able to send their kids wherever they want to send them, and I don't support government schools, but the vast majorities. Um, you know, that that's my real point. You know, what if what if it, it's none of the above? What if maybe uh, thousands of years uh, people f- came here from another planet, and the humans actually came from somewhere else? And were uh, I agree. I think it's a false choice, personally. I don't know. As I say, I don't know what the truth is, but I don't think it's necessarily a choice between one or the other. I think it, it could, in fact, be uh, you know a combination. If 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 it's true that there is creation or whatever, then it could also be true that the creator created evolution. So I mean, yep. I don't think they're mutually exclusive, and I don't think it's it's. I also think it could be a false choice. Uh, but then again, I don't know what to believe. We, we, maybe we were also created by a more advanced race of lizard people or, or <laughs> greys or something that put us down here. We, maybe we were slaves in other planets. Who knows what happened? Well, you know, I was watching this really cool video. John, any other thoughts, by the way? Um, no. Thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> Appreciate hearing from you. It sounded like it might have been his first time. 1-800-259-9231. So uh, I was watching this really cool video. Somebody sent me a video on YouTube, and uh, you can go look for it. I, I don't know what the exact search terms would be, but essentially it's the 10 dimensions. It's a video that talks about the 10 dimensions. Now, we all exist in the third dimension. So, you know, if you, the, the first dimension is a point. The second dimension is a line, essentially, with no depth. And then the third dimension adds depth to all that. So that's the dimension we live in. Uh, and then, of course, there's also the fourth dimension, which is time. And, but this video goes on. It's easy to talk about those four because we can grasp them pretty well. But this video goes on to explain the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth dimensions. Wow. And, uh, and and it's it's a real uh, interesting video, and I highly recommend it. I don't even know where I was going with uh, with the point on that. What were you smoking when you watched it? I, I don't know, um, but, it, but it's it doesn't matter. You don't need to be smoking anything. It's something that is really going to be a, a mind bender for you and really get you thinking like, well, it's easy for us to, uh, in our third dimension world, to conceptualize and manipulate the first and second uh, dimensions. I mean, we can create all kinds of neat things and uh, draw things on paper, create two-dimensional things, uh, two-dimensional game worlds and things like that. And, it, you know, it really makes you wonder, well, what about some sort of entity that could exist in the, the uh, you know, the tenth dimension, essentially a tenth dimension mentality that can see all universes at all times in, in every per- uh, possible permutation? I mean, 
mean, maybe there is something that exists out there like that. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Uh, but it, it, it'll really blow your mind just uh, watching this if you've never seen anything like it before. Yeah. It's, it's presented in a way where you can kind of get it, but at the same time, you'll be flummoxed. I always liked, uh, Johnson came up with this term, and he may have gotten it from someplace else, but uh, I thought it was darn clever, was the militant agnostic, which, um, you know, to him meant, I don't know, and you don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> so shut up. <laughs> One thing I'm pretty certain of uh, is that whatever is out there probably is not some doddering old man uh, in the sky deciding whether or not what you've done is right or wrong. Right. I, you know, I, I tell you, as you know, having been schooled in religion the way I was uh, throughout my life, I've constantly referred in my mind to this, this, this trial that's going to happen at the end of my life where God is going to be uh, you know, the judge and Jesus is going to be the prosecutor because the idea was he's the advocate for you if you're saved and... Well, I don't know if I am or not, because it depends on whether you believe the Baptists yeah, who are once to. saved or always yeah. saved or whatever. But I suspect I don't want him around. Like, I, Jesus, I, I think that your little legend has, has been more trouble than it's been worth. So, He'd probably say the same thing if he were here today. <laughs> it's likely true. Um, the, religion, the Christian religion is entirely different than what it um, you know, was meant to be. Oh, yeah. It wasn't meant to be a religion to begin with. But I feel so scarred by having to you know, think about not having to, but the fact is I think about this trial at the end of time. You do fine, Mark. I'm sure I'll be okay. (laughs) You do fine. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything here. Uh, This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI is 800-259-9231. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com, features including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with a couple thousand listeners, hundreds of thousands of posts, over 400,000 of them, as a matter of fact, over there waiting for you, totally free, at bbs.freetalklive.com. Freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, it's Paul in Texas. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Thank Paul. Thank you. I'm sorry? Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Yes, here you are. Go ahead, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I have an interesting story about a drug raid that just happened about two months ago. Okay, go ahead. Well, I was over at my uh, aunt's house, and my uncle is a cop mm-hmm. down here in Texas, and um, he uh, was t- thinking that me and my friends were doing drugs, cocaine, whatnot, on the side. Uh-oh. So I was over at my friend's house, and we were just over there goofing off and whatnot. He came, he came with three other police officers, broke in the front door, and smashed up at least three rooms in that house looking for cocaine because he thought we were on it. Now, this is your Whose uncle? House? My uncle. Whose house? One of my friends. So, so their parent, the, the parents' house? 
Yeah. And uh, how, what was the how how large was the check that the police department wrote to the parents uh, to compensate them for the busted in house uh, that uh, brought them no drugs? Zip. Hello, Paul. Zip. I kind of expected that. So uh, so did they have a warrant or anything like that, or they just came on in and just tossed, tossed the place? They had a warrant, but... Not that that matters. They literally destroyed it. It cost... My friend's mother, it cost her at least $8,000 to repair everything wow. they broke in that house. That's sad. I am sorry to hear about that, and I... <laughs> Uh, what can you do in a situation like that? It's so frustrating when you hear these stories, and it's not uncommon uh, that that people have their lives turned upside down because some cop gets it into his head that there might be some drugs uh, being dealt or done at a particular location. They come in and they tear the place up. They don't ever apologize uh, for their misbehavior. And then down the line, nothing ever happens as a result of it. It's just a hey, sorry, you get to put it back. All the put put everything back all by yourself. Working for the the government means you never have to say you're sorry. Sure enough. Uh, so now this particular uncle, I mean, do you bother being anywhere where he is anymore? It sounds like he kind of got a clue that you might have been on drugs from seeing you. I would do everything I possibly could to avoid this guy. I never even talked to him. I haven't. I hadn't seen him for about two years before I saw him at a family reunion. And then he just sort of decided that you were uh, a punk kid getting high, and he was going to show you what's for? Yeah. Amazing. Me, me and my cousins were goofing off, and he just thought that we were on drugs. So he, he broke into one of my aunt's house, too. You know, just the attitude of these people is so presumptuous and so awful and just despicable. Well, the attitude is fine. The, no, it's, it's what not. they do. And that's the really the well, dangerous the attitude stuff. is they can get away with whatever the hell they want to get away with. That's the attitude. That's the reality. Yeah. The reality is that they can get away with just about anything that they want to get away with. And he's not going to have to – likely he's, he's not going to get any kind of trouble for kicking in two people's doors by the sounds of it and causing thousands of dollars worth of damage all on some presumption because he thought that his nephew was – Doing drugs. That's business as usual for the police department, and I thank you for the call tonight, Paul, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear your story. I don't know what else to say to it beyond mm. the fact that what can you do about this? I'm sorry. I wish I had more. I wish I had more uh, something more constructive to say, like, well, you should go out there and get yourself a lawyer and go after these guys. But how often has that worked out? And even if, yeah, if you did, likely you'll throw a bunch of good money after bad and... Hiring the damn lawyer, yeah. Right. I mean, you already had to spend, mom or whoever, already had to spend $8,000 fixing the, the house up after the cops destroyed it, according to him. I mean, we're, we're believing his story because there's no reason not to, uh, taking him at his word. I guess the only thing you can say is what a lot of martial arts uh, teachers say. The best way to avoid a punch is not to be there. Yeah. Well, what is that? what's that supposed to mean in this case? Well, you don't put yourself in a position to be raided by cops, you know. It's it's he hard. Was at, I mean, he was hard. at a family reunion, and he was, yeah. off. He's like a 16-year-old, you know, having fun with his, you know, friends. Right, and the cop probably had a hunch, like, oh, yeah. 16 years old, probably has drugs. <laughs> That's a safe it's hunch. It's not a bad hunch. Right, <laughs> it's a safe hunch, but... Uh, and, he and, has long hair if he dresses a certain way sure. and, and whatnot. But there are situations where people do put themselves in positions where they probably... If they could have avoided that, they may not have had been in the, in the path of of an overzealous cop. I would agree. I would agree that uh, you can do things to minimize your exposure, but in this case, I would say, from the story I was told, that there's not much this kid could have done. 
that certainly in you know in, in in most of life you can minimize your exposure, but you never know when that situation's going to come up where it really gets you. I I wish you know, I like that idea, Wayne, is minimize your exposure to the bureaucrats. Certainly, out of sight, out of mind. That is definitely a good uh, definitely good advice. But it's not going to prevent the 40, was it 40,000 uh, raids per year? Is that what goes on, Mark? Is it 40,000 per year or is it 40,000 with a limit? I don't know. You're asking. It doesn't it, prevent the, the, the raids that happen every single day across this country. You can go to Radley Balco, uh, does these things constantly. Yeah, if you the want, Agitator. If you, yeah, if you do, in fact, want to know this, go to the ad, agitator.com. I don't know. But if, you, but if you look for the Agitator and Radley Balco, you'll Google find it. Google the Agitator. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so... It's just so tragic. So many people's lives have been turned up inside out and just destroyed and ruined and crapped upon by this this government war on drugs. It's so insane, and yet it continues to go on. It continues to perpetuate because everybody is so beaten down and so defeated. They don't feel like they can fight City Hall. They sure as hell can't fight the police department, and they most of them can't afford to fight it. Most of the people that they go after are not multimillionaires because they know they're going to lawyer up, so they go after the poor people. They go after the uh, the low middle class, right. the people that aren't going to be able to put Success up a fight. Success for these people is not uh, is not slowing down the drug war because they know they can't. Success is not even uh, they don't even think about that. Success is getting arrests. Success is making money for the system. That's how they get their promotions. That's true. And they're also getting a lot of money from the feds now, too. And so Mm -hmm. what I find troubling is the centralization and militarization of the police where their loyalty is is more towards higher-ups than to their people in in their own communities, which it used to be at one time. There was actually a story recently uh, on LewRockwell.com about in the 1990s they were giving military members a quiz on how likely they would be to follow certain orders, like shooting Americans. And at that time, a majority of them were against the idea of shooting Americans. And we don't know if they are still giving out this quiz these days, but you could you could hypothesize that there's a chance that the numbers have shifted a bit. I don't know what they would be today, but odds are good that they've shifted a bit more towards the uh, the blindly following orders, yes, sir, whatever it is you say kind of mentality. And, and, and the supposed 20,000 or more army uh, recruits that are being supposedly being stationed over here in America now to protect against civil unrest. Fresh out of Iraq. Yes. I wonder what percentage of those have been uh, profiled that way and said, yeah, no problem. Right. Well, I mean, these are the same people that are doing no-knock raids on Iraqi homes. They've already had practice. They've already had indoctrination. Yes, exactly. Which is why it's so disturbing. Now, the, the quiz that was uh, given out in the 90s was... Yeah, I think it was after the uh, the Iraq War, and so there were probably a lot of people in the in the service at that time that weren't actually seeing active combat that were answering that. So there are actually in other federal agencies, similar profiling was going on. Even even the Park Service. I mean, there has been a lot of different uh, federal agencies that have, have had that type of uh, questioning done. And I think it's one thing to have somebody answer a question on a quiz or a survey. And actually come into the reality of the situation where the commanding officer says, okay, go take their guns. And if they don't give you their guns, you have my permission to shoot them. You know, uh, what, what will they do in that particular situation? What will they do when the pressure is actually on? You love America, you'll question. shoot those commie bastards that won't give up their guns. That's right. 1-800-259-9231. Hey, since we're talking about drugs, there is uh, some bad news out of Ohio. In regards to salvia, it's a plant that is legal in most places, but if these government people get their way, Ohio will be the next state of, I think, about four or five different states 
that will be making it illegal. And we'll talk to you, uh, tell you a little bit more about that coming up. Also, take your calls about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. It'll be just another excuse for them to destroy more lives. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so uh, by going and becoming an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country and around the world, bringing new Internet listeners on board. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.com allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.com. That's cdevolution.com. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls. Bile is on the line in New Jersey on the amp line. Hey, Bile. Hello, guys. What's on your mind tonight? I, uh, the caller uh, a while ago was uh, speaking about talking to his uh, was it niece and nephew or something about communism. Yes, and, and he was asking for some tips. Yeah, well, I, I don't have tips per se, but I contacted a friend of mine who could probably be described as a libertarian socialist, and they have disagreements. <laughs> Wait a minute, how can that be? Mm-hmm. Can you explain that before you go on? What is a libertarian socialist? I've heard people claim it before, and I've never really gotten it. Okay, well, it's uh, along the lines of, or is the same as a left libertarian. Um, basically, they believe economically in, say, socialism or communistic type uh, uh, setups. However, they're libertarian in that they don't believe that any force should be used to do it. I so, see. Like, true. The end goal of, say, Marxism, true anarcho-communism. Well, wouldn't libertarian communist be more accurate than libertarian socialist? Because doesn't socialism inherently uh, involve the state? It's kind of, it seems to me it's kind of an oxymoron. Uh, libertarian yeah. socialist, because socialists are collectivists, libertarians are individualists. It could be argued that way, but it, it is. I mean, you can go on Wikipedia, look up the term, and it, it describes it as. I think in America, socialism sort of implies the state. It, just yes. A, and just as Americans think communism implies a state, but it doesn't necessarily, just as many communists think uh, capitalism implies, you know, corporatism. I don't know if it's necessarily well, I, true. I think that, that I, I think I understand completely what you're talking about here. Is you're talking about people that are you know real communists or you know would be would not be for the government intervention of anything. So they're libertarian in the the sense that they're they're not for government coercion or at least this government's coercion. And other than that, they're socialists. Well, but you can't. Well, but they believe they believe in people voluntarily 
living in that sort of economic system. And that's fine, but well, that's know, why I feel like happen. libertarian communist is a more accurate term. But I think that Wayne, you're incorrect. I don't think libertarianism is any way inherently individualist. I just think that the libertarians we are around tend to be individualists. I think you can absolutely be a libertarian with communistic beliefs because libertarianism is just all about non-aggression. It's just all about uh, allowing your neighbors to be free to live the life that they want to live. So you could absolutely, I think, be a libertarian collectivist. It's just that you'd be operating on a voluntary, uh, consensual basis. Maybe, but I think it, it, it might actually be a, a transitory step from being a, a communist to a libertarian. I, I just don't see how the two can eat from the same plate, ultimately. At, at the oh, I could live next ideal. door to. I mean, I I could live nearby to a commune. It wouldn't bother me as long as they weren't trying to force me onto their commune. Well, you sure if it's voluntary, yeah. Well, that's, that's what true. we're talking about here. I mean, that's why libertarian communist I think would make more sense than libertarian socialist, uh, simply because it seems, at least from my, from my understanding of the definition of socialist, and has to do with political systems. But all that aside, you were trying to make a point. So go ahead, Bob. So I had contacted this friend of mine, and he got back to me rather quickly, and he said, uh, I asked him whether or not there was any sort of left libertarian versus Marxist arguments, because uh, I'm not as well read as on the left libertarian side as he is. And he pointed me to Murray Bookchin uh, with uh, a, a book called Remaking Society, Pathways to a Green Future. Apparently he rails on Marxists, and he also has a pamphlet uh, called Listen Marxists, and uh, there's some URLs I can post on the BBS. Uh, okay. But he said he said he's going to try to put together a summary article with bullet point style on LibertyActivism.info for people. Great, LibertyActivism.info is a website you started. It's a wiki essentially that anybody can edit and add in their own stuff to. As far as whatever liberty-oriented topics you want to cover, uh, you can add in your suggestions and uh, techniques and brochures or whatever it is you want to, to libertyactivism.info. How's that been going? Uh, the site has been expanding. People have been taking advantage of it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's still slow going. I recently was interviewed on uh, Gardner Goldsmith's show, ah, and uh, that was able to bring in a couple sign-ups, but there hasn't been a lot of additions to it. Uh, but recently this friend of mine did put up a uh, sort of how to what your first experience with a, uh, with a left libertarian will be. Uh, so people can go there and see that. It's one of the more recent uh, editions. Okay, great. So uh, liberty, uh, libertyactivism.info for a repository of all kinds of liberty-minded stuff, especially how to convert the uh, communo people, communa, communitarian types, to mm-hmm. li- left liberal or left libertarianism. Very good. Bile, any other uh, thoughts tonight? Uh, well, I have one <clears throat> quick story. Yesterday I was going to pick up my parents at a train station here in New Jersey, and uh, there was a cop, a local Fort Lee, New Jersey cop, in front of me at a stoplight who was talking on a cell phone. And That's in New illegal. Jersey, he talked, yes, it is. Right. And so when I got home, I looked up the law and, and contacted the, the Fort Lee Police Department. <laughs> did, you get asking, a, uh, did you get the number of the cop car? Like, you, Could you identify yes, him? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. And, and I, I was busy, so I sent a quick email to them nice. and asked whether or not it, I was able to identify who the officer was, because I sort of wanted to get all the information regarding the situation and then perhaps um, go and, and do something right, about it. Right, then drop the bomb on them. That way they don't know what it is you're inquiring about before you actually let them... Uh, right, and, I wasn't, yes. and I'm not really familiar with the entire chain of how to go about doing all gotcha. this. But he, he wasn't all that... Um, uh, thrilled with me not getting to the point. Uh-huh. 
And so uh, I eventually just told him what had happened. And, and the law that I had found didn't uh, – it amended some other laws, and it appeared that it didn't – there was an exception for police officers. So I didn't know that. <laughs> nice. However, however, Fort Lee actually has an in-house uh, restriction on talking on cell phones. Uh, so I'd gone back and forth, and just maybe two or three hours ago, I got a final response from the detective I was talking to, and he pretty apparently they had read my blog post about it, where I had said that you know I don't want anything, no disciplinary actions to be taken on this officer. I just want you know there to be an understanding that you know he wasn't driving, he was talking on the phone, he wasn't driving poorly, threatening anyone, endangering anyone, and that should be done. That same discretion should be put to the rest of us afforded to and, the the people that he supposedly is protecting and serving. The, uh, right. Actually, the people just like he is, right? A person, and so so it was actually a uh, positive experience, and and he thanked me for he he read my blog post because at no time during the conversation did I say I didn't want the, the officer punished in any way, just to realize what they're doing, mm-hmm. and he he mentioned that in his final um, email, and. Uh, so he was very – he thanked me for not wanting, you know, any sort of discipline and just questioning yeah, right. the law. Thanks for just making this go away. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. We'll take that under advisement. Have a nice day, yeah. citizen. Don't worry. The next time the next time uh, we give you a ticket, we won't be exactly the same way about it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all over well, we'll at your see. blog at com? if people want to see that? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm working on the final post with my comments on the final email, but the original post is there. You know, I've I've thought about this uh, in the past. If cops were giving out tickets and they really cared about, you know, the idea that the, the money is going to make you do the right thing, um, if, if the government really cared about that, and the cops themselves, um, the, gov- the cops are incentivized by the government. If the government really cared about, in fact, uh, you, you, you doing the right thing and that this ticket was supposed to help you do the right thing, and it wasn't about the revenue generated by the ticket, they'd let you donate your money to any of the charities of your choice, you know, at least make a list of charities that would uh, That's what be I did acceptable. here in Keene. Right. It, be because you asked. That's true. It wasn't pre- presented as an option. That's and for sure. you have uh, created a. Uh, and a I put rapport. him on the spot too. You've created a rapport with this judge, good or bad. It is a rapport. Whereas most people do not get this opportunity for rapport. And if you know, if, if the government actually cared about you being incentivized by being fined, you yeah. should be able to give that money to the, the Red Cross or the the Salvation Army or any any of a variety of good organizations that do good work instead of it being a revenue source for the government itself. Thank you. Bile for the call. Appreciate it. Ira in New Jersey, 10 seconds. Sorry for the short shrift. Go ahead. Ira in New Jersey. Uh, thanks a lot. Make a prediction. Do you think there will really be an inauguration? Oh, yeah. No problem. Oh, yeah. There's going to be an inauguration. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt about it. If you want to talk more, call us tomorrow night. We'll talk to you then. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. See you online in the meantime. Between now and tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.